This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. You're listening to episode 62. Get off your phones. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. I think you just scared everyone because <laughs> the only way, well, most of the time people are going to be listening to podcasts because they're on their phones, no? I guess so. <laughs> it's for all the drivers. I'm yeah, yeah. wagging my fingers at you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We today, obviously, this is a podcast that you need technology for. Yes. And honestly, these days, technology just seems to be one of those things that's just a part of life. Yeah. It's an extension of you, right? Yeah. That's how it feels. It is. And when it comes to the family, when it comes to technology and your marriage, technology and relationships, and also technology and your children... We wanted today talk about taking an active approach rather than a passive approach, what that would look like. But before we get into all conversations about technology, we wanted to remind you of the survey that we have going on. You can find it at inbetween.org slash survey. And really, it's your opportunity to tell us what you want to hear more of, maybe what you want to hear less of, and even just to have your voice heard so we know how to serve you and your family better. Yeah, it's your opportunity to shape the show. I mean, even one of the questions is, hey, what's your ideal length? I know when we started out, it was 20 to 30 minutes. And as we've been going, depending on the episode and topic, it's been longer. I think some have gone all the way up to 50 minutes. So this is your opportunity to shape the show. We really want to do this with hands open. Uh, because we're not just doing this in the office in our home just, just for, for fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do have a lot of fun doing yeah. this, but uh, you know, we, we know there's a lot of you who enjoy tuning in and that it is making a, an actual benefit um, to your marriage and to your family. And we mm-hmm. just love to love to hear that. So go to inbetween.org slash survey. And I mean, this is the last week. So when episode 63 hits, that's going to be the end of the survey next week. So be sure to do that. If you haven't yet done it, it'll take less than two minutes, honestly, if even. And when you do it, you're going to be entered into a draw. We're going to be giving away 20 Starbucks gift cards. For you and your friend or you and your spouse to go on a date. Yeah, totally. So let's get into it, Christina. A lot of times when we think of technology, it's super easy to just go completely on the negative side, right? Doomsday clock is ticking technology is overtaking all of us and it's really easy just to go there. Yes. And for me, particularly being a mom and being around our kids, you know, a lot more often than you are because Mm -hmm. you work outside of the home, there is such a guilt that I feel. And I'm not, I'm not the only ones because I've talked to other families about it, but just like every time I turn on the TV or I give my kids an iPad, I feel like this voice being like, you are crushing their spirits Mm. or something like that. Every time? Every time. Like even when I'm sick. Okay. And you know, I just don't have the ability to really take care of them, especially when they were young and you had to go to work. 
we would turn on the TV and I would feel so guilty. Like I was sucking their brain juice out or something like (laughs) literally, you know, like they're going to not be able to have any sort of creative bone at all because they're watching more than 30 minutes of TV a day. Well, do you remember that time when it was just the four of us, uh, Victoria, Adeline, you and I, and, and I would take Victoria to school and Adeline was still a little baby or, or I mean, she wasn't a baby baby. She was about three years old. Right. And... I was pregnant with Macarius <laughs> yes, and exactly. so sick. I was sick until I was like 32 weeks with him. And then he tried to come at 33 weeks. So. Yeah. So <laughs> I would I would um, during those times, I would take Victoria to school and Adeline would already be up. So we would have eaten breakfast and and you were dealing with the morning sickness. Mm-hmm. And I would turn uh, in Canada treehouse. <laughs> So yep. you're watching Treehouse. Exactly. <laughs> and Adeline would be like, yay, Treehouse. And I think <laughs> even to this day, if we mention the word Treehouse, she's like, huh? What is that? <laughs> well, and I know she talks about it sometimes with very fond memories. Like, mommy, yeah. remember, remember when you used to sleep and I would just watch TV all day? And I was like, oh, goodness, please don't say that too loud, especially well, to a pediatrician. <laughs> well, OK, so this mommy guilt thing that you're, mm-hmm. you're feeling it's, it's interesting when we come to technology or think about how we then approach technology, because a lot of times, I mean, we parent the way that we've been parented, right? We teach the way that we've been taught. And I mean, we relationship the way that we've been relationship. I mean, there's this there's this sense of unless you're consciously doing so otherwise, you just go back to that default. Right. So growing up, we both watched a ton of TV. Oh, yes, completely. I would say I was raised by the TV. Mm. Very much so. I would stay home on TGIF, right? Oh, yeah. And Thank watch that. Yeah. Exactly. And wake up Saturday morning and watch cartoons. Totally. So even when and don't you remember? Remember early on cell phones before there were smartphones, the Nokia phones? So the ones that would have <gasps> Snake? Yes! You remember that? Yes, I remember okay, that. Okay, so let's compare that to phones today. It's it's fascinating because if you remember back to those days, it's like, oh yeah, let's play Snake. Let's beat the records. Let's do this. And we would pass our phones to one another like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. But imagine today unlocking your phone, putting it on the table and letting a complete stranger or even just one of your friends go into your phone and you have no idea what they're doing. Uh, they're probably posting on Instagram or Facebook. Right. Wouldn't it, doesn't it feel violating? <laughs> oh, completely. Like, like uh, I don't trust you enough to do this. Yeah. Even at the movie theater when, cause I don't carry a lot. I, I just have like a small little wallet, so I don't care, carry my loyalty cards around. So even when I want to scan my loyalty card mm-hmm. and the concession person or this person grabs my phone, I'm like, oh, <laughs> immediately right. I'm like, oh, I got to sanitize my phone. Yeah. Or like, don't <laughs> drop that. Yes. You're or not what are you doing? Yeah, cracks. exactly. Exactly. And it's just interesting how our phones have become an extension of ourselves. Right. So we can't necessarily parent the way that we were parented. We can't do that when it comes to technology because the world is different. The world is different where technology is heading. It's I mean, if you want to just take a peek into where technology is Mm. heading, Mark Penn wrote this book, Micro Trends Squared. Uh, He's a futurist. He wrote it and he updated it. And it's crazy. Like it literally blows your mind as to where technology is. It's a little freaky now. It is freaky. It is because, you know, you hear a lot about for I'll give you a couple examples, right? Virtual reality. Right. So when it comes to virtual reality, we think, oh, second life or we think even at our local science museum, you can go and and you can build buildings, you can build buildings. Right. And they're saying construction companies are actually using virtual reality 
as a way to help you envision the home you're going to be building, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of a model or instead of AutoCAD on your computer. But hey, the pornography industry is actually using virtual reality in the same way too. Oh boy. Yeah. Even robots too. We think Roombas are going around and, Mm -hmm. but there's actually robots that that same industry is using as well in that same vein. So it just, I mean, and that's just, yeah, that's just on the relationship side of it. I mean, there, it just goes down the hole. So when you think about it, the world has changed and that's why it's so often easy just to take a negative approach, kind of like a hands off or I don't know what we should do or should we not do this? Or ban it all. Yeah. Right? Like burn <laughs> totally. our phones. Yeah. It's like Mark Live Zuckerberg, off the grid. Steve Jobs didn't let his kids use uh-huh. uh, technology or, you know, Elon Musk has this per- per- perception and how much more do they know? Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, in light of all that, it's easy to take that, that extreme approach. But on this podcast, what we want to do is instead of taking an extreme approach and instead of really taking a passive one, because you're not aware of that, we really want to challenge you to take an active approach toward technology in the home. Right. And along with that is we're just going to give you all some ideas. And these are the things we're discussing within our own home and our own families. And we don't want you to walk away feeling guilty like, oh, I don't do this or oh, 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 Mm -hmm. we don't we're better than this because we don't do this. So on and so forth. We really like we say, we always want to have those tough conversations to be able to decide together of how we're going to go forward with something that you know both you and I and other people really don't know much about completely so when it comes to technology it's easy to approach this just as a another thing or maybe even look at it as a framework or set of rules or guidelines but we have to think every behavior we do, everything that we do rises out of a set of presuppositions, a set of beliefs, a set of values. Right. So when it comes to taking an active approach toward technology, what are the set of values? What are kind of those higher purposes that we should be thinking of to then go to the nuts and bolts of some practicalities around technology that we're going to be addressing. Yeah, I love that way that you're framing it, Daniel, because when we can sit and discuss, like, how do we want our home to feel? How do we want our family to feel? And not just talking about technology in general. Like, for example, one of our values is that we want our home to feel like a safe place for everybody, not just our family, obviously included, but when friends, when neighbors, when people we don't know come into our home, we want them to feel at peace we want them to feel able to you know put their feet up on our ottoman and after they take their shoes off (laughs) yes yes we are canadian (laughs) so that is a must yes (laughs) but be able to feel like they can be themselves Mm. and they don't have to be on their best behavior because our house is not going to be pristine yeah and the house is not a pit stop Right. And, and that's where even for us and and I have to for, for me. Right. And this is something that I know, Christina, you know, you're excited about when I share this, how I share how excited I am to be home mm-hmm. or even when I have to go on trips. It's not like, a, oh, finally, I get to leave this place and go away. No, actually, it's oh, I got to leave. So even when it comes to that, yeah, we need to have our perception of, okay, why do I feel that way? Well, it's because I feel accepted for who I am, right? Right. I, I feel known and I feel loved and I feel, and our kids feel the same way. And so in that way, when you look at the purpose of the home, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about. So we would even encourage you if you listen to this without your spouse, and maybe if you do to have a conversation this week, in addition to all the technology nuts and bolts that we're going to suggest, 
have a conversation and be like, hey, what do you think the purpose of our home is? Completely. And I would include kids as well because they're the ones who are going to be using technology as well. And if you're going to be saying like, hey, our family is supposed to feel like a safe place, so turn off your phones (laughs) or like, what? I don't get it. So by including them in a family meeting or, you know, sitting down over dinner, having a couple conversations of what is important to you in our family? Mm. What do you wish never changes or what do you wish would change? Studies show that a lot of kids are actually saying something that we wish we would change is that our parents would pay more attention to us. Yeah would get off their phones. Mm. So in light of what's going on in our homes and even showing in research, we as parents are the ones who are setting examples whether we like it or not. Our kids are watching us scroll on our phones when they're playing in the park, when you know we're sitting on, sitting on a couch watching a movie. So we need to be able to collectively make a decision and say, hey, this is what we want our family to be like and feel like. And that starts as well with mommy and daddy. And I have to remind myself in those moments that every time I'm scrolling through my phone when I'm with others, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whether it's, it's family or not, when I'm with others, that in that moment, I am choosing to, to, to exchange present moments being here in the present right now right. with other people's past experiences. Wow. Right. (laughs) And once I remind myself of that, I'm like, okay, well, this is ridiculous. Why do I care so much about what other people have done? And I'm not creating memories right now or moments right now. So Andy Crouch wrote a great book on the TechWise family, and it's a great read or a great listen. But if you were to take that book and and flip it through, there's a ton of, I mean, you're probably going to be underlining that thing like heck Mm -hmm. because it's such a relevant book for us today. But in the book, he does a really good job at comparing what technology looks like in its proper place versus what technology looks like when it's out of its proper place. So we just want to read an extended quote for you. We'll kind of go back and forth here, read an extended quote, and then we'll get on to giving you practical ideas as to how to take an active approach toward technology in the home versus a passive one. So here's the first one. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us bond with the real people we have been given to love. It's out of its proper place when we end up bonding with people at a distance like celebrities whom we will never meet. Ouch. Whom we will never meet and who who do not care about us. Well, it's not even that they don't care. (laughs) They don't even know we exist. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's... We should just end the podcast right now. <laughs> Mic drop. Good night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Technology is in its proper place when it starts great conversations. Mm. It's out of its proper place when it prevents us from talking with and listening to one another. Oh, that's good. So here's an interesting thing. And we're, we, we're going to get get to this a little bit later. What some of the things that we do, but we typically don't have phones at our dinner table, right? Our phones when we are eating. Exactly. But today, Christina, you were having dinner with one of your friends Mm -hmm. and I brought the kids to Chick-fil-A and we were having fun and talking and doing this, that, and the other. And at the end, as we were eating our ice cream, uh, we have a plan. We're actually in a couple weeks from the time this goes out, we're going to be going to New York as an entire family. I mean, the kids have wanted to go for so long. Yes. And we've, we're, we're basically saying, Hey, you guys can each have a day where you can design what to do and where you want to go. So while we were eating ice cream, I pulled my phone out and I, you know, I was like, Hey Siri, 
I think everyone's Siri is going to go off right now, <laughs> like mine right now, right? So, hey, Siri, uh, give me uh, what are what are great things to do as families in New York? Hmm. And it pulled up a list. And basically that started all of this conversation for us. So technology wasn't we weren't replacing. We weren't it wasn't preventing us from talking or listening to one another, but in its proper place. And that that was one way that you could do it. It started that great conversation. Oh, I love that example, Daniel. So. Another quote from Andy Crouch is technology is in its proper place when it helps us acquire skill and mastery of domains that are the glory of human culture, like sports, music, the arts, cooking, writing, accounting, the list could go on and on. Mm. When we let technology replace the development of skill with passive consumption, something has gone wrong. So I think even examples of, you know, when I'm pinning stuff like recipes on Pinterest, but then I never make them. (laughs) Versus when the kids are wanting to cook and they want to find, you know, the next best waffle recipe. And so we're looking on together being like, hey, let's try this recipe this time. And we're cooking all together using the Internet to get a waffle recipe. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it makes me feel a little guilty here. So when I was putting Macarius to bed, I am uh, rewatching Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes him, you know, 15 minutes or so. So right. I'll grab 15 minutes of the of a Seinfeld episode. Can you take longer? Yeah. <laughs> it's only like I 10 more minutes before the this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm having, it's great to, re, you know, unwind and mm-hmm. before we podcast because all the kids are in bed right now. Right. We're doing this in the evening. But uh, I one of my friends had gifted me a masterclass um, uh, to Mal- to writing Malcolm Gladwell's class yeah, on writing, yeah. and I have not finished it yet. And when I heard this point, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I should be watching that masterclass on writing from <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> rather than watching episodes Jerry of Seinfeld, Seinfeld that I've already watched." <laughs> now I think it's okay to relax once in a while, oh, but yeah, I probably yeah, yeah I, I probably should get back to that masterclass. <laughs> the wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. (laughs) All right, here's another one. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us take care of the fragile bodies we inhabit. It's out of its proper place when it promises to help us escape the limits and vulnerabilities of those bodies altogether. Whoa. Oh, this guy. He's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the last one. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us cultivate awe for the created world we are a part of and responsible for stewarding. It's out of its proper place when it keeps us from engaging the wild and wonderful natural world with all our senses. Okay. That's interesting. So even when we watch Planet World or Wild Kratts or some of the other educational Mm -hmm. shows that the kids are like, oh, can we do that science experiment? Yeah. Or like, can we go to the zoo and watch these animals in their habitat? Mm-hmm. Those are good things. Yeah. So how do we take an active rather than a passive posture toward technology in our homes, Christina? Well, we've said it before and we'll say it again. We need to be intentional. Mm. 
So technology is in its proper place only when we use it with intention and care and being present. If there's one thing that we've discovered is if we just let things be, we're going to default to just giving our kids devices because oh, yeah. it's easier. It is. I mean, it's kind of easier in like you're giving the iPad and, you know, when you're trying to work or you're trying to have a conversation and you give your children an iPad. Um, have you ever tried to take it away? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they're like full on fits. Yes. Right. Like I remember when Macario's he was young, he would kick and scream and cry. And we're like, whoa, buddy. Like, yeah. are you addicted? right Yeah, now? <laughs> completely. <laughs> You're like, okay, we need to discuss what's happening here because that transition is not healthy. Mm. And that's a really good point because anytime, once again, we are not about banning technology. No, no, and our not at kids all. have our girls have Kindles. Uh, and not we the have Kindle a Fire. TV. Yeah, we have a TV <laughs> in our living room. Yeah. And Macarios this morning was on the iPad for an hour before school. And so it's not that we're, we're living a perfect home or, or have these hard set rules and boundaries around technology. I really like what you said there about transition. When the kids get to a point, when your kids get to a point where they cannot transition out of tech time mm -hmm. or out of iPad time or this or that, that's when you know there's an addiction or there's a deeper or heavier reliance than there ought to be. So it would be a good indicator to watch for. Yes. Another thing that we have found is when our kids are on devices quite a bit, when they are quote unquote bored, then it's like their default. It's like, oh, can we use the iPad or yeah, can we, yeah. you know, um, watch TV or whatnot and being like, well, you just got all these Kiwi crates. Like, why don't you do that? And yeah. they're like, oh okay and then once they're into being creative then they love it oh yeah but it's that initial like um it's easier to grab a, a bag of chips versus to like make a salad you know what i mean like oh, yeah. it's just sometimes that extra effort is tiring mm. but after you do it you always feel better after yeah, the salad right? exactly if there's meat in there <laughs> so <laughs> uh it, it was interesting there's this one time where Oh, I was walking upstairs and one of our girls was in the bathroom about to take a shower and um, she was just brushing her teeth at that moment. And, and when I was walking up the stairs, I guess I was checking email or just walking up with my phone and I walked around the corner to the bathroom and asked if they needed anything. And, and she was like, man, she wasn't even talking to me. She was like, oh, you know, daddies and mommies really like their phones. I can't wait to have my own phone. Ouch. <laughs> like, she didn't say that to me. She just said it. And right. I was like, Is that what you're observing? Oh, I need to stop. I was going to say, Did you chuck your phone across the hallway? <laughs> yeah. No, I like put it over there. I was like, Hey, how was your day today? I started right. engaging. And she was like, I'm brushing my teeth and I need to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the moment, Daddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think if we want a better life for ourselves and our families, we are going to have to choose it. Yeah. And so some ways that we have practically chosen that is, for example, like today when we went outside, we sent the kids outside to play mm -hmm. and I went to, you were still working at home, but I went to go talk to the neighbors and I did not bring my phone. Yeah. On that's purpose. Right. That's right. Because I know that I'm like, okay, in about an hour and a half, we have to start getting ready. But I know that 
if I have my phone out there, I'm going to be checking and I really don't need to. And I want to be present with watching my kids. I want to be present with my neighbors. And so I didn't even take it outside. I'm like, if someone really needs to call me, then they can leave a voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. I love that, Christina, that you've done that because that models something to our children. They might not notice it at the moment, but our posture toward our phones is incredibly important, not just for our own mental health, Mm-hmm. because that is a really big issue with Gen Z because they're digital natives and they've really grown up with technology, right. that whole mental health aspect of it. But here's the point that I want to make. We need to be in control of technology and not let technology control us. Mm, so here are my questions big. to you. When your phone dings, do you immediately stop what you're doing and respond? Is your ringer on or is it off? Is your phone ever on do not disturb intentionally because you're trying to focus at work or be present here? When you get home, is your phone still in your pocket or is it in a place? So think about the way that you interact with your phone and what your posture is toward your phone because your children are observing. Mm -hmm. Your children are observing and what you need to show them is, hey, technology is a great tool, but it does not control me. Right. Because your children are looking at how are you going to react and respond to your phone? I mean, honestly, Christina, an hour and a half without your phone. Yeah. What is going to happen? What is going to happen? What are you going to miss? Exactly. <laughs> right. I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I really didn't. <laughs> so I would, I would even challenge you to put your phone on do not disturb because then you don't even hear any dings. Right. I mean, I, my phone is seldom, seldom, seldom ever has its ringer on. Because I just don't want to be a... I've even turned off notifications on my email. Mm -hmm. So I have to refresh my email to get email. Right. I need to refresh this. So I've set up some controls because I just don't want to keep on... I don't want to respond to the dings. Completely. And I mean, if y'all follow us on social media, so we're in between show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. All that stuff you see, this is going to be behind the scenes, is we really try hard to not take a picture and then post it right away. Yes. Yeah. Even Insta stories. Because we know that if we're going to be taking out our phones and trying to do all this, mm. then it's like we're missing moments. Yes, right? We right. really, really are. And so that's one thing that we have tried to do as we know that we have a big presence on social media to even put boundaries around technology in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love this suggestion from Andy Crouch. Right. He says, find the room where your family spends the most time and ruthlessly eliminate the things that ask little of you and develop little in you. I like that. Ask and develop. Hmm. Move the TV to a less central location and ideally a less comfortable one and begin filling the space that is left over with opportunities for creativity and skill, beauty and risk. This is the central nudge of the TechWise life. To make the place where we spend the most time, the place where easy everywhere is hardest to find. This simple nudge all by itself is a powerful antidote to consumer culture. The way of life that finds satisfaction mostly in enjoying what other people have made. It's an invitation instead to creating culture. Finding joy in shaping something useful or beautiful out of the raw material of the world. Oh, I think that's powerful hmm. of doing that. Now, like we said, we fully admit that we have a TV 
in our living room. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I am. And I'm also okay with that we have, you know, sometimes we do a family movie night mm-hmm. and we sit together and we all pick a movie and we have a picnic dinner and that is considered some of our family time. That's not only what we do for family no, that's time. That's like once a month. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe twice a month. Exactly. On occasion. Yeah. But that's exactly the thing. Like, hey, we want to have that family time. We enjoy watching movies. And so we're going to do this collectively as a family. Now, in terms of turning on the TV all day, every day, no, that's not something that we've chosen to do. Mm-hmm. And we don't have it on during dinner time. And we would rather have our kids be playing outside than watching TV, even on a rainy day. Yeah. And that means that during dinner time, sometimes it's silent. When? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, which dinner are you at? Well, when you're not there. When okay. you're not there. Sometimes, yeah. Well, actually, so when you're there, I mean, all our kids love talking. So yeah. haven't you noticed when you're there and we're at home eating dinner, I don't really talk much? Yes. <laughs> I'll ask a question here or there, but everyone's right. just screaming over each other because they want to talk. Exactly. But when you're not there because you're out or, you know, this or, or the other, sometimes it is just silent. I'll ask a question and... We'll respond and we'll just be silent for 30 seconds and then we'll start talking again. So it's not as crazy. Well, it can be, but. Wow. I wish I was a part of those dinners. Or we'll turn the music on and listen to music. Yeah. So it is a little bit different there. Okay. I didn't know. That's something I didn't know. Okay. So another suggestion, and I would encourage you to try this. A lot of times our phones are our alarm clocks, Mm -hmm. right? Immediately upon waking up, hitting that snooze, turning that, turning that off. I would challenge you to not flip through your phone and see what you've missed. Not open up Instagram, not open up your email, not do, not even checking your calendar as to what's coming up. Hmm. Just turn off the alarm and don't look at your phone. Okay. And, and there are a couple reasons that I want you to do that from a pure, uh, from a pure psychological perspective. There's actually there's actually studies that'll show you the the way that it'll that it'll kill creativity if that's the first thing that you wake up to. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's dreams and there are thoughts and there's oh. pro- you've you've processed so much. Right. Right. Even when so it comes, so many neurons have oh, been connecting completely. in your brain. Yeah, 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 completely. And that's where if you ever have, I mean, for me, if I've ever had writer's block or uh, if I'm preparing a sermon to preach at and and I'm done, I. I don't finish it. I'll go to bed because I know that my brain's going to keep on processing right. even when I'm sleeping. So when you wake up and pick up your phone right away, you actually kill and you forget all the things that your brain has just processed all throughout the night. Ooh, fascinating. Yeah. So don't look at anything. Just turn it off. Go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, get ready. and Make just, your coffee. Yeah, exactly. Just as as long as you can, as long as you can, just don't check your phone. Now, that might be five minutes. That might be 10. I'm not saying it has to be hours, but just don't make that your default. And instead, and instead, what I do is I'll actually wake up and I'll turn that first five, 10, 15 minutes into prayer, right? Into moments of prayer where I'm praying for the family and praying for the day where um, sometimes right away I'll open up the scriptures, the Bible, or maybe it's an hour later where I'll open up the Bible, but I'll always start that with centering myself with, with thinking, with reflecting, with praying, and then getting on with the day. 
along with that, if you're using your phone as your alarm clock and, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you touch your phone, you want to keep scrolling, then maybe it's time to get an old school alarm clock and to plug your phone like in the bathroom or something. Yeah, completely, completely. I mean, I know some friends who have older kids who will actually say, hey, everyone at this time, all technology goes into this room and gets charged. Right. So even for the parents, even for it's not even beside them. Right. It's this central place where everyone's devices, computers, iPads, phones, like everything just goes. So you don't have it into your in your room. Yes. For the kids. Right. Yeah, so it's not even in their room. Well, I think that's actually, that. yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that we would highly consider. Yeah. Our kids don't have, you know, access to phones and all that right now, mm-hmm. that when they're older, that we would consider doing that because not just because we, you know, talked about porn and stuff, all that, but the sense that research is showing that children are lacking in sleep so much because they're on their phones at two in the morning, like somebody texts them or something, yeah. right? A ding happens and they wake up or it's like, you know, you see that flash of light and you're like, what? What do I need? Mm. Who needs me? What am I missing? And so by having that out of the room, then there's no temptation or not even anything that can distract them from getting on their phones. Yeah, completely. So another suggestion that Andy says, and, and I love this. I love this, right? He says, we are designed for a rhythm of work and rest. So mm. one hour a day, one day a week and one week a year, we turn off our devices and worship, feast, play and rest together. Yeah, I love that. We talk about Sabbath a lot on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And so this is even a technological Sabbath, I guess. So for us, I see that one hour a day, whether it's, you know, if I'm outside and I'm not taking my phone or during meals, we don't have our phones there. I think those are really good ways to implement that into our day. In terms of one day a week, one thing that I am trying on Sundays is trying to go as far as I can, as long as I can without checking any social media. Mm-hmm. So much of my life is online with work and with writing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And actually, this last Sunday, I think I did my best so far on technology. Right. I woke up and I was just finishing up a, a point, praying through the sermon. And there's just one point where, and this was at the time of the recording, when this was of Sri Lanka, all the everything happened in Sri right. Lanka. Yeah. And it was Easter Sunday, actually, mm-hmm. is what happened. So I just did a tweet talking about, let's, we need to pray for Sri Lanka. We need mm-hmm. to do this. And then I didn't go on social media the entire day. Right. And I didn't miss anything Monday morning. No, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So there, but there, but there's that, oh, it, it, it ta- it's, it's about boredom, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how often do we go to it when it comes to boredom? So I'm trying, I don't, I'm not going to be perfect at right. this, but I'm really trying that one day a week. Uh, I don't think I can be completely off my phone, mm-hmm. but just trying not to get on social media one day a week. Well, it's interesting you talk about boredom, Daniel, because what is the opposite of boredom? What's on the other side of boredom? Freedom? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom, creativity. Yeah, yeah, creativity. That's what it is. Uh-huh. And so when we allow ourselves to be bored mm. and to continue in that that is when we're going to start to have to be creative oh, yes. to yep. be able to create things to fill our time. And I love even in this book, Andy Crouch was talking about the word boredom. Yeah. That didn't exist back in the day. Like really? I'm even thinking, think about it. Okay. Huh. So our children are watching Little House on the Prairie right now. Yeah. All the reruns, which I think is hilarious. But you think about it. They couldn't go to the store and buy bread. They had to grow the wheat. They had to mill it. They had to, you know, do all that. We were even talking about, we were watching, I think uh, they were having a Thanksgiving feast or something. And here Ma was like, 
the turkey on the table and she was plucking the feathers out. <laughs> and I was like, you don't have time to be bored mm. because a lot of life is just survival That's back in the fascinating. day. fascinating. So yeah. this whole like boredom is pretty new. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what's on the other side? We need to ask ourselves that being like, if we just feed our boredom or push it down with social media, with technology, what are we missing? Yeah. What are, could our lives be? How could we even change the world mm. if we are spending time thinking, oh, look, there's this issue. How can I proactively help out and solve this issue? Wow. So for you, what do you turn to when you're bored? Right. Whether you have children or not, as a as an adult, what do you turn to when you're bored? And I think that can be a starting place for all of us. If our immediate reaction when we are bored is to turn to our phones and see what's going on, even if it's news and it's not social media, I mean, I would challenge you to to check to check that, mm -hmm. to check yourself. And we're not saying get rid of any of that, but we're just saying, hey, if, if that's the only thing, if that's your automatic thing every time you're bored, then maybe you need to allow yourself to get bored Yes, and allow that creativity. Pick up a book. I mean, we were, in the last couple of days, we were just blown away by just the amount of non-reading that happens post-college. Mm -hmm. So pick up a book, right? Um, allow yourself to get bored. Allow yourself to do other things because the way that you react there, react to boredom, that's the way, I mean, you are modeling that to your children. Right. So we're not perfect at it. I'm guilty. I'm speaking this to myself as well. Uh, but, Same as me. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think, some place, that's, that's one place that I think we all, that we can all start today. So we hope this episode has started conversation in your yeah. home, even in your own minds, or maybe it's a continuation of conversations that you've had many times with your kids and with your spouse of how can we make sure that we being proactive in our device usage and our technology usage versus feeling like we are being controlled by it. Yeah. And the last thing that we want you to feel is a level of guilt or shame for the way that you've done things because... We, I mean, the beautiful thing about all this is that kids are resilient. Yes. They are resilient. So what does it look like for you to switch and begin taking baby steps this week as we are? So we'd love to hear about your reactions on this episode, what you thought about it. And if there's a friend that you have that, you know, they would benefit from this or, you know, just hit the share button on your podcasting app or just text them in between.org slash episode 62. Well, next week, Christina, on episode 63, what are we going to be talking about? We have the privilege to interview Vicki Courtney, especially for Mother's Day coming up. And it's titled Mamas, If You Only Knew. Mm. So tune into <laughs> this conversation with her as she really validates moms all over the world. Yeah. And guys, I was a part of the interview, too. <laughs> this isn't an episode you should skip. Because it really, there is as much for me, and I know some of the questions are really going to be directed toward moms, but for me as a father, as a husband, uh, as a dad, it, it helped me a ton in just hearing that perspective as well. So we'll catch you guys next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.